You're listening to the Rad Podcast. Explore wealth. Different model, a different way, different way of doing business. Mm-hmm. Parts of the country, twenty four seven, seven days a week. I was just done with the gurus. If somebody gives me thirty to fifty thousand dollars, that should be a lifetime relationship for Podcast Nation. Because if you give me that kind of money, I have an obligation, in my opinion, a responsibility to see you. Let's go ahead and get to pre auction profits and talk about why we're talking about evaluating properties and deals today. So, you know, one of the most important things for me comes down to evaluating the property and negotiating are two separate things. And I think a lot of times people start negotiating based on what they evaluate the property to be worth. And so for me, when I'm negotiating, I'm always thinking about, you know, what are the best ways in order to create a win-win relationship with the person on the other side of the fence? And how can I get them off of the other side of the fence and get them on the same side of the fence with me? While in their shoes and understand where they're coming from. And so one of the first things to do is to know who you're talking to, know who the person is, know what they're going through, know what their situation is. And so I have five steps that I commonly teach, commonly train on when it comes to understanding, you know, how to deal with a homeowner or a, a, a person that, that uh, lives in a home that you're trying to convince to get over the hurdle, to get over the hope. So the first thing is always, there's this why. Like, why are they in this situation? But why would they do business with you? There's this immediate gratification thing. Remember in negotiations, and, and, and it's always about the person who says the least. So it's about the questions you ask. It's not about what you say. And a lot of people think, like, like what is the script? What is the verbiage I use? What is the, the information that I use? And it's more about what I hear than what I say. If you're talking the entire time, then you're never going to get a deal done, and you're never going to get a deal closed. If you're asking questions and listening, and you're giving time for them to be able to answer, you're going to be in a much better place. And so the first thing is, is the immediate gratification. They have an immediate gratification hang-up. Most people in the world do. And so a way to get over that immediate gratification hang-up is to understand where they're coming from. So to give you a good example, we bought a house, our Tamaris property uh, in Hesperia, California. We bought it for 121000 And thank you very much. The appraisal came back at two seventy after putting forty into it. I mean, it's one of the best deals we've done. It's an incredible deal. I mean, a six-figure payday, um, I'll do it to the day I die. And so, you know, when we first bought that house at auction, the homeowner, which can make your life a nightmare, they could occupy the house for three months, six months, a year, two years. You got to know what you're doing to get them out of there quick, get them out of there fast. And so, you know, Mike Walker, who's an incredible investor, who runs our Houston team and does our Houston investing in that marketplace for us, went up there and he just kept getting the door slammed in his face. The lady didn't want to talk to him. She began yelling at him and having a serious conversation. And actually my wife, Vanessa, went up there who's really incredible at this stuff and she couldn't get the lady to get over the hurdle either. And so so they, they're like, I'm like, guys, I'm just gonna go up there. I'll get, I'll get into a communication with the lady. Um, I'll share with her the things I need to share with her to get her into a good place. Um, you know, I'll, 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 I'll get this situation into a better place. Um, and so I went up and this lady's sitting inside her house and she's just yelling and screaming like, I'm not, I'm not leaving. I'm not this. I'm not that. Uh, you guys are you son of a F get the F get the hell out of here. Just going off. And I just was walking up to the door. Right. And, and I'm thinking to myself, man, this poor woman, she thinks someone's coming to steal her house, coming to throw her stuff on the curb. The sheriffs are coming. 
the popo's coming, whatever she's thinking. And, and the first thing I said to her is, you don't have to leave. And nine out of ten times, I have found that when people are in the crazy statute, so there's three reasons people lose properties at taxes. One, because they're crazy. They have mental illness. There's some real mental challenges. Number two, somebody has died. And, and the, the heirs taking over the house don't have it together enough to take care of it the right way. Um, the, the chain of, 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 of title hasn't been taken care of correctly. And things are just muddled. And the third thing is they have an addiction. So they're addicts. And so with the people that are crazy, nine out of ten times I find that they just don't want to be told they have to leave. They might end up leaving, but they want it to be their idea. And so I just say, you know what, you don't have to leave. There's no one asking you to leave right now. There's no one asking you to get out of the house. Um, can, can you show me what's going on? And, and the lady opened up the door and invited me in, sat down on her couch and had iced tea with her. And we had this lengthy conversation. And so I found over the years that, that the ability to be able to remove that immediate hangup, right? That immediate hangup. Like with a lot of investors, one of somebody's immediate hangup is, you're going to try and make money for me and I'm angry about that, Right. So the boys, um, I call them the boys, they're 20-year-old men, so forgive me guys, but they played baseball for me back in the day, so I still think of them that way. They're out door knocking, they're out different houses, and I went out with them yesterday, and there's a house that I've driven by a few times, it just looks rough, but it's in a multi-million dollar neighborhood, it's in a beautiful neighborhood, actually my business partner Randall lives a few blocks away, and, and, and I walked up, to, the first day walked up to the door, and the lady's very challenging, very difficult to them, very standoffish. And, and, and so I walked up and I, and I talked to the lady and, and, and one of the things I do oftentimes is I'll just immediately just reach out my hand. In society, people are automatically trained that if you reach out a hand to shake it, it's just, just the way the world works. Now, if I see someone is very physically uh, opposition to you, like their body language is leaned back in a way and if you start and if you lean forward, their body they automatically move back. I wouldn't do that, but that's just a part of reading and understanding people. And so I reach out and I shake her hand. And the first thing I said to her is, "Yes, we are investors. I'm a real estate investor. And and one of the things we do is we find ways for me to be able to uh, be able to make money in real estate, but also help homeowners, help people on the other side of the fence make money together. You get from that side together." And so I found over the years that, that by, by going ahead and just telling the truth, being straightforward, yes, I'm a real estate investor and yes, I'm here to make money, but would it be okay if I made money and you made money at the same time? I mean, that's generally one of my philosophies in life. I mean, if you pay attention to our videos, one of my philosophies is if I make money and you make money, can we both make money? And I found over the years the fastest way to make money in the world is to make someone else money. You make me money, I'm going willing to give you a chunk of that money. Period. Bottom line. Simple. Straightforward. Direct. It helps. A lot. And I listen. And so one of the things I say when I'm listening, I say, can you just tell me the story? Or can you just tell me what's going on? And, and, and I'm not asking. You hear that? I say, can you tell me, tell me, which is a direct command, can you tell me what's going on? Can you tell me the story? And I leave those very open-ended. Those aren't direct questions. I'm not saying, are you losing your house? Yes or no? Of course, everybody in the world wants to say no, even when the answer is yes. You give them a choice to say no, they're going to say no. You give them a choice to tell you stuff, they're going to tell you stuff. Those are different things as a part of this, part of this overall conversation. And so the, the, the next part of that is now that you've heard their pain, you understand what the pain is. 
then you kind of need to exponentiate that. You need to accelerate that pain a little bit. And that's that second step. And so that pain all comes back to how did they get in this situation in the first place? What's going on in their life that's so screwed up? You know, if you're dealing with a paranoid schizophrenic, which is just somebody who thinks everybody's out to get them, it's very different than the person who needs their next hit of Coke, right? Those are two very different individuals. And so understanding the difference, the person that pain from wanting more drugs simply wants money. And understand in that second category, nine times out of 10, the person that's an addict simply wants money. They have prioritized their addiction over the finances of their family, over the finances of their home, over the finances of even paying for car insurance. You know, like these are things that those addicts do. And so this pain that we expand it is, well, what if we don't do something here? And that's one of my things. What if we don't do something? What's likely to happen? Can we paint that picture together? And, and so as we paint that picture, picture is going to look like this. In two weeks, in 30 days, in five days, tomorrow, depending on the situation, your house is going to sell at a sheriff's, always use the term sheriff's, right? It might not even be a sheriff. It might be a constable. It might be something else. But people know what a sheriff is, right? At a sheriff's sale. When it sells at the sheriff's sale, you no longer own this property. At that point in time, depending on who buys it will depend on what's going to happen. What's most likely to happen is sometime in the near future, the sheriffs are going to come here. And if you don't willingly leave, they're going to physically force you to leave. And if they have to try hard enough to physically force you to leave, they may arrest you at that point in time and you may go to jail. It's all possible. Then on top of that, they're going to take everything you own and they're going to put it out on the curb. Or they're going to put it into storage, which you're going to have to pay for to get your stuff out of. Or everything sucks, right? Every one of those scenarios suck. So the better choice is we figure something out. I can help you walk away from this situation better than you are right now. Tell me, what is it that you want right now? We interrupt this broadcast to remind you to follow us on your favorite podcast platform. And don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel, The Rad Podcast. Lots of times what they want is to not have to clean up the property. because They think they're going to have to do all that to be able to move. Lots of times what they want is money to help move. Lots of times what they want is just to know that they're going to have another place to live for a while when they move out. Or if they're an addict, they just want money. I mean, I literally, literally can't think of an addiction situation where all they wanted was money. Right? I know like we had some crackheads in a house in Houston and the neighbor's like, don't go talk to him. Don't go talk to him. I started the conversation the same way. Like, hey guys, you, you know, I'm not here to try and force you to leave. So what I'd like to do is give you some money. Man, you talk to somebody who's on drugs, somebody who's an addict, and you say, what I'd like to do is give you some money. They'll, they'll listen to you. They'll talk to you. They'll talk to you. You know, man, by the end of that day, they had their belongings they wanted to take with them out of the house. And I think they were actually squatters. I actually don't think they were. But they had all their belongings out of the house, and they were sitting in the, sitting in the driveway in a truck uh, with their stuff loaded up, ready to go, with, with ready to receive their, their... With them, it actually wasn't even a check. They really really wanted cash. And so, so this is just kind of things we go through, you know, um, what's, what's, what's your other option? And if you let them see what the other option is, then working with you is a better option. And so then the third step in the process, after you've gotten past the pain is, is we're going to try and figure out with them, what are we going to do about this? You put them into what I call an action sequence, or you bring them back to like present moment action right now. And so it's like, what are we going to do now? What's the next step in this process? 
And so what we're going to do is we're going to work on this together. We're going to come up with a solution together. When do you think you can have all your belongings out of the house? That's a now answer, right? When, when do you want to get uh, for me to be able to give you some financial relief, some financial help? I'm coming from a help plant standpoint. It's such a difference when you come from a heart standpoint. I've never seen people be able to really do pre-auction deals good when they don't come from a heart. So when they just come from a cold, I just want to take your house. I just want to make money. When you're that kind of jerk off, like first of all, just turn off our training. Stop watching it because it's not who we are. But when you come from a good place, but you're still a business person, I want to make money and you have strong boundaries, it works 10, 10 out of 10 times. Then the fourth thing that you're going to do, the fourth step in this process, we call it we call it yes statements, we call it a yes ladder, we call it open looping, but the fourth thing is all about the yes ladder. So you, you're willing to uh, move out and receive a check, yes. And you don't wanna just lose your home. Yes. And so these are all things that, that followed this path. And so now we've got all these first four steps in, and then the fifth step is now it's called a direct command. You have to tell them what to do. Here's a simple, specific, politely, respectfully tell them what to do. What you're going to do is you're going to go ahead and get yourself ready uh, to go ahead and move out. Um, I'm going to bring all of the paperwork, which you can go over, take your time with while we're there, and go ahead and, and sign it. Um, and there's going to be a notary there so they can notarize it. And then what you're going to do is you're going to take the check and the money that we give you, um, and you're going to go ahead and move on and restart your life and really begin anew. So that's, what you're going, that's what's going to happen at this point in time. And so that's that fifth step in the process, which is so critical when it comes to negotiations. Now, when I begin negotiating on the deal, on the actual, what I'm going to give them, like I said at the very beginning, one of the first things I want to do is I want to do this whole thing based on their need, not based on the value of the property. Because their idea of value of the property may be a Google search that took them to Zillow and gives them a Zillow value, which sometimes is high, sometimes is low. But it really doesn't matter. It's still more than I ever would be willing to pay for any of these properties. And so what I've got to do is stay them focused on what their need is and what they want right now. Uh, most of the time people will tell you if they have any other offers on the table that, that what that is and, and, and how you can get them to move forward. So um, what, I, what I typically do is, is I make sure that, that one, once I got them, I got them and I move forward fast. I move forward incredibly quickly. Because as soon as you've convinced somebody to do it, the next person that comes along with, they'll do it with them as well because you've already done the process, right? You've already done the hard work for the other people. And so it's this whole process. Now, let's say they do make you negotiate based on value of the property. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to start with a number that is relatively reasonable. And so let's say we come up with a number that the house is worth 200000 so I'm going to let them know that taxes, uh, uh, closing costs, realtors costs, everything else in order for me to sell this house is going to be roughly about 10%. So now I'm at $180,000. Then what I tell them at that point in time is I'm also in a place where this house is going to need a lot of work. Um, my estimate on this house is going to, the rehab, the fixing, everything else is going to be about $60,000. So that's going to take us from one eighty. dollars down to 120. And so if I gave you $120,000 for this house right now, and I usually have them write these numbers down themselves. I sit there, I tell them, and I have them write them down. So I'm at $120,000, but if I give you $120,000, I do all this work and all this effort, which is going to take months and months of my time, my staff's time, my team time, all of our time, and I still won't have make any money. And I refuse to do that unless I've made at least 20% from the entire transaction, or at least 30%, just depends on the situation 
at least 20% from this transaction. So that's 40,000 because 20% 20 times 200,000 is 20,000. And so my maximum offer on this thing is $80,000. But I also can see that you have some other liens on the property that I'm going to have to clear up, I'm going to have to take care of. I've done my title work, I've done my research, right? Which we show you guys how to do. And, and I know that there's liens on the property. Now I may know those liens are about six or $7,000. Typically, that person across the table from you has absolutely no idea how much in liens there are on the property. And so, and I'll say, I'm not even sure 100% exactly what all the liens are, but I'm gonna take another 20,000 off to pay off all those liens and all those headaches and everything else. So the maximum you could walk away from this situation is 60,000. But if you do this with me now, you can walk away with 60,000 in your pocket, or you can walk away from nothing in, in a week or in a day. And the thing is, is we're, we're real, that we're legitimate. There's other people who are gonna come here and waste your time. They're gonna tell you stuff that's not true. They're gonna, they're gonna lead you along a rope. I have the money ready. Right, let's go ahead and do this. See that last fifth statement was a direct command. Let's go ahead and do this. So, so that's kind of our five-step process when it comes to negotiations. Um, next week, we're gonna get more into evaluating. I'm gonna get into researching the neighborhood and actual values of property and exit strategies. Um, but we got deep into negotiations today. We got deep into negotiating from a value standpoint, negotiating from a, a need standpoint. And so, so we're going to get into this, the rest of this next week. Thank you for listening to The Rad Podcast, an exploration of wealth. For more information, please visit our website, www.raddiversified.com. We'd love to hear from you. Please leave us a review and let us know how we're doing. Thank you.